1: Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
0: Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. We'll get into the impeachment trial a little bit later, not too later, a little later. I do want to leave with Jerry Nadler on CNN two weeks ago, but then I want to get into a few other matters and then we'll circle back. Bear with me, I think I know what I'm doing. I'm a professional radio listener as a young man, quasi-professional broadcaster. We're all quasi-professional. Two weeks ago, January 15th, only two weeks ago on CNN, Here's what Jerry Nadler said. Hat tip, Breitbart, cut one, go.
2: I wanted to read the quote to you, how he responded, Chairman. He said the question would be, why then did they, referring to you in the House, bring the articles of impeachment if they didn't hear from the witnesses they wanted to hear and hadn't considered the evidence they want to consider? Now stop there.
0: That is Lamar Alexander, apparently, who asked that question. Seems like a fair question. What did Nadler say? Go. Go.
3: We brought the articles of impeachment because despite the fact that we didn't hear from many witnesses we should have heard from, we heard, we heard from enough witnesses to prove the case beyond any doubt at all.
0: See, this, this is the problem. They cannot get over the contradiction in their hypocrisy. We have an overwhelming case, but we need more witnesses. We called enough witnesses in the House. We couldn't be delayed with these other witnesses. What? Judicial review and all that stuff? And in fact, we threw that into uh, the obstruction of Congress clause or cause of the, uh, of the impeachment. So we just threw that in, bundled them together, and uh, applied that against the president. He should be removed from office because he dared to challenge our subpoenas and was prepared to litigate them. This is insanity. You watch these shows on MSLSD and the Constipated News Network, and you can't really you watch clips from them. You're looking at numerous fascistic arguments, mostly from hardcore Democrats dressed up as hosts, dressed up as legal analysts, dressed up as commentators. It's incredible to hear these people. They're like from another planet. And by the way, I want to congratulate the Democrats, you have to admit how they're orchestrating today's questions and answers. Many of the questions that they're asking, I am sure they coordinated with the Democrat House managers. Now, how do I know that, Mr. Medusa? Because all of a sudden, charts show up. (laughs) Like the third question in. All of a sudden, I'm glad you asked me that. And a chart shows up. Now, it's not like the chart is sitting there Handy to use, unless you know in advance, because they've had a lot of charts and graphs. So the Democrats really have no interest in the trial. They go on and on. You know, we want a fair process. If the Democrats are anything, they're unfair. There is no fair process with these people. You know what they want. They want to hang Donald Trump by his feet in a telephone pole. That's it. Russia collusion. Was that a fair process? And the way they talk and the way they argue that the 2020 campaign is already a fraudulent campaign if Donald Trump wins. If the Democrat wins, it's the fairest campaign we've ever had. These are tyrants, making the arguments of tyrants. And I'll show you their mindset in a totally different context. Here's a piece at National Review by Zachary Evans. And the headline is, Bernie Sanders plans to sign dozens of executive orders upon taking office. Quote, we cannot accept delays from Congress, unquote. So this is the party, you see, of fairness and the Constitution and representative government. When these Democrats take control, as they have now in the capital of of the Commonwealth of Virginia, they are ramming through the left's social agenda, the the left's gun control agenda, They are ramming through everything they possibly can with a one-vote majority in the state Senate. One-vote majority. And if they don't win a majority, then they rule by fiat. And then they'll talk to you about monarchies and dictatorships, and we can't have that sort of thing, ladies and gentlemen. These are the anti-constitutionalists. They reject our founding. So Bernie Sanders, the moment he hits the Oval Office, should he get elected? They're telling you now. He is going to rule immediately by executive order. That is, presidential fiat. You have not heard a word about this today. You have not heard a word from MSLSD or the Constipated News Network about any of this. You've not seen any criticism in the editorial pages of the Washington Post or the New York Slimes. The low IQ hosts on CNN and MSLSD, not a word. The legal analysts on ABC and the, not a word. Not a word. You have to understand there's two sets of rules that they apply. Anything goes when it comes to them. Nothing goes when it comes to us. And how many times have I said they use the Constitution to destroy it? And they use liberty to destroy it. This article says, the Bernie Sanders campaign has outlined dozens of possible executive orders that Sanders might enact upon assuming office, the Washington Compost reported. As we continue discussing the early work of your presidency and the progress we can make, below for review is a brief overview of executive actions you could take early in your administration Read a document reviewed by the Washington Compost. We cannot accept delays from Congress on some of the most pressing issues, especially those like immigration, where Trump is governed with racism and for his own corrupt benefit. They even sound like communists, don't they? This is how communists argue. They don't argue the facts or the substance. They try to destroy their opponent. And by the way, you can see them doing it all day long to Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz stepped out. He can't step out. If you're black or Hispanic, you're Asian, you're gay, you can't step out. You step out, they're going to they're gonna smear you. They're going to attack you. You're a woman. Attack you. Several of the executive orders would reverse President Trump's policies on immigration, including an immediate halt of border wall construction, removing a limit on accepting refugees for asylum. That system's been played to the Hill, and reinstating the Obama-era DACA program. Now, that is the greatest unconstitutional act by a president in decades. Other orders will include a ban on the exportation of crude oil to combat climate change. That'll destroy numerous oil companies, just so you know. And the severing of any federal contracts with companies That pay employees less than $15 an hour. See this brute force. And they'll have Obama judges and Clinton judges. Who will say, oh that's fine. The same judges I ruled repeatedly against uh, uh, Trump. This isn't the first time that the prospect of enacting policies by executive order. Has come up in the Democratic primary. In a September primary debate. Senator Kamala Harris promised to instate gun control policies by executive fiat and knocked fellow candidate Joe Biden for his refusal to do so. You can't do it by executive order any more than Trump can do things when he says he can do it by executive order, Biden had said of gun control policies before the debate. And it goes on. Now, there's some areas that a president can, of course, use executive powers and executive orders. But Bernie Sanders intends to govern by executive order because we can't wait. Just like in the House, we can't wait for judges to adjudicate disputes between the two branches when it comes to our subpoenas. We can't wait for Congress to act. Now that sounds like the Democrats in Congress. The Democrats in Congress can't wait for the courts. When the Democrats have the White House, they can't wait for Congress. And the Democrats in, in, uh, on the courts can't wait for anybody. They seek to impose their agenda when they win a majority or if they don't win a majority. This spectacle you see in the United States Senate where the president's lawyers are absolutely fabulous. Don't listen to these dunderhead who think they're smarter who've never done this before. You know, I would have argued, who gives a crap what you would have argued? They're doing a great job and they're going to be successful. But my point too is this. The Democrats have poisoned what's going on in the Senate, this Senate trial. They've poisoned our media. They've poisoned academia. They've poisoned our society. And they intend to do a hell of a lot more of it. All right. I'll be right back. Mark
1: Levin.
0: You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses— it's free monthly speech digest and Primus. And the classical K through twelve charter schools, it's helping to found coast to coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College too. Go to Levinfrahillsdale.com. Those of you who monitor this program, especially the friendlies, and you'll post things that I say from time to time, which we greatly appreciate. I want to thank you for that. I want to say something now that I hope you will post. As I've been watching this trial as much as I can in between the various responsibilities I have. These debates about witnesses, these debates about documents that are classified, these debates about subpoenas. Do you realize if President Trump did what the Democrat managers and the House Democrats have been demanding. That is, provided them with every witness they've demanded, including his chief of staff, his former national security advisor, and other confidants. Declassified everything and anything they wanted. Gave them whatever grand jury information they wanted. he would be destroying the office of the presidency and destroying the executive branch and destroying separation of powers forever for future presidents? As I listen to the, what the Democrats are demanding, if the president gave them everything they want and they, and they, they wrap it up in a bow called fairness, in a trial... a cover-up, and what are you hiding if you don't agree with them? If the President of the United States did everything these Democrats demand of him, every witness, every classified document, all their subpoenas, we would cease effectively to have a serious, functioning office of the president. The President of the United States is actually defending the Constitution against these radical Democrats. He's defending the office of the presidency for future presidents, Republican, Democrat, or some other party. He's defending the executive branch so it has space to actually function. You don't get just to call something impeachment and use that something called impeachment to destroy the system that's been set up by our framers. And they've gone beyond that. They've taken their demands, demands again, which have followed, would utterly destroy the office of the presidency and the ability of a president to function. And they've created these two packages, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, to in part camouflage what they're doing and to further weaken the office of the presidency. Because here's what the Democrats know, and sadly I do too, and so do you. The Democrats in the House of Representatives will do this again, And again and again to a Republican president. And force this kind of trial onto a Republican Senate. The Republicans will never do it. Do you see the Republicans ever doing this, Mr. Producer? They will never do it. We're above this, you see. That's what they'll say. And that's what Pelosi knows, and Schiff knows, and Nadler knows, and that's what Schumer knows, and the other reprobates. So it's a one way street. I'm just telling you the truth. I've already heard some Republicans say, we would never do this. The Democrats will point to Clinton. Well, you know, if a president commits 11 felonies, that's a whole other story. Of course, he lost his law license, he was disbarred, he paid a penalty. He confessed his guilt. A little different than Trump. But that's what's going on here. And this is why this, this phrase I use is so important. They use the Constitution to destroy the Constitution. Don't you find it mildly ironic, at least, that the people who eviscerate our Constitution and their surrogates in the media like the New York Times and others tell us the founders were slave owners and white supremacists, therefore dismiss, dismiss them, dismiss our history, trash it, or 1619 Project in the New York Slimes, that now they claim to defend the Constitution. They're very concerned, and they start quoting the founding fathers and the framers, many of whom were slave owners. But they keep quoting them to opposite effect. Now, the framers were really smart. Believe it or not, they were smarter than Nancy Pelosi and Nadler and Schiff. And they really cared about this country they had established. Abuse of power. Don't you think if they meant abuse of power, they would have put it right there in the impeachment clause? Why bother with treason, high crimes, <clears throat> treason, robbery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors? Why spend all this time debating it? Just say maladministration abuse of power, and abuse of Congress. Hey, you're done with it. They would never have said that, ever. They were trying to create a system of co-equal branches balanced off against each other. They didn't want to tip the scale to the House of Representatives. They created the House, but they were somewhat concerned about it as well. I'll be right back. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty, they must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through 12 charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to LevinForHillsdale.com.
1: When Mark Levin was a kid, his teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811.
0: It's important to underscore this point, and I don't know if there's time or interest in the uh, president's lawyers on the floor of the Senate to make this point succinctly. If the president had complied with every demand and subpoena for witnesses, classified information, and grand jury information, as the Democrat managers have insisted for days he was required to do, the president would have destroyed the office of the presidency, crippled the executive branch, effectively eviscerated separation of powers and helped establish an extraordinarily powerful and tyrannical House. It's the president, President Trump, who's defending and protecting the Constitution for which the radical and rogue House Democrats have impeached him and demand his removal. I really think you need to consider what I'm saying and think about it that way. The president could never agree to what the Democrats have been demanding. Never, ever. It's absolutely shocking to hear phony law professors and hosts and so forth and so on going about how it's the president who thinks he's imperial. When in fact that's absolutely absurd. It is the House of Representatives that poses the danger in this instance, ladies and gentlemen. Jay Sekulow made a point today that we've been making here many times... ...that the Democrats also want to prevent Republicans from choosing their nominee for the 2020 election. And moreover, I'll add, the Democrats keep saying over and over again... ...that if Trump's nominated and wins... It's a corrupt election. They are corrupting the civil society. They are undermining faith in our system, ladies and gentlemen. They will burn down this entire country for power. And we've seen this before. All over the world. With psychopaths who get control and power. And they sound like psychopaths. They truly do. I'll give you a perfect example. Here is... Uh, Val Demings at the impeachment trial today. Well, you know what, I'm not gonna go to her. I wanna have some positives here. Let's go to Jay Sekulow, cut seven, go.
4: So we're discussing the possible impeachment and removal of the president of the United States, not only during election season, in the heart of the election season. And I think that this does a disservice to the American people. Again, we think the basis upon which this has moved forward is irregular, to say the least. But I do think it complicates the matter for the American people, that we are literally at the dawn of a new season of of elections. I mean, we're at that season now, and yet we're talking about impeaching a president. And I want to tie this into the urgency that was so prevalent in December with my colleagues, the managers, it was so urgent to move this forward that they had to do it by mid-December before Christmas because national security was at stake. And then they waited 33 days to bring it here. And now they're asking you to do all the investigation, although they say they, you know, proved their case, but still need more to prove it. Of course, we believe, and I I want to be clear here, that their entire process was corrupt from the beginning, and they're just putting it on this body. But to do it while the American people are selecting candidates for nomination to be the head of their party, to run as President of the United States, some of you in this very room, and to talk about the removal of a President of the United States – I think that's all part and parcel of the same pattern and practice of irregularities that have taken place with this impeachment proceeding since the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. He's exactly right. And then Cipollone, outstanding White House counsel, and Seklos outstanding. These guys have really been terrific. This is exhausting what they're having to do.
4: Cut eight, go. We've never been in a situation where we have the impeachment of a president in an election year with the goal of removing the president from the ballot.
0: Now let's stop for a second. This is the point we made first on this program, I believe, early this week. I think it was last week, actually. That the purpose here is to prevent the president of the United States from even running for reelection. And you actually have Democrats in the Senate who are seeking the nomination of their party, who will be voting, you watch, not only for witnesses but for the removal of a president, in order to prevent him from running against them. Shocking. Shocking to tell you the truth. Go ahead.
4: ...before. That is the most massive election interference we've ever witnessed. It's domestic election interference. It's political election election interference, and it's wrong. They don't talk about the horrible consequences to our country of doing that. But they would be terrible, they would tear us apart for generations, and the American people wouldn't accept it.
0: Let me tell you what the Democrats and the media are doing in a significant way. They are infuriating you. You are fired up. I know this because I hear you. I have a radio show. I have a TV show. I have a digital TV show. Nobody has more access to more people than I do, quite frankly, in these different forms. But listen to this from the Associated Depressed. ABC NORC poll. GOP more fired up for 2020. Democrats anxious. Oh. When it comes to the 2020 presidential campaign... Democrats are nervous wrecks, and Republicans, their excitement has grown. That's according to a new poll by the Associated Depressed and NORC Center for Public Affairs Research, as Americans look ahead to a high-stakes election that is 10 months away, but still very much top of mind. While emotions could change in the coming months, the findings give Democrats one more worry to add to the list. Will anxiety or enthusiasm be a bigger motivator come November? On the verge of the first votes being cast in a primary contest with no clear leader, 66% of Democrats report anxiety about the election. compared with 46% of Republicans. Democrats are also more likely to feel frustration. Republicans, meanwhile, are more likely than Democrats to declare excitement about the race. And the share of enthusiastic Republicans appears to be rising. The findings aren't surprising to anyone who's talked to an undecided Democrat about the crowded primary field. Yeah. If you're a rational human being, and you're still a Democrat, you're looking at this field and you're going, holy crap. Behind an intense desire to oust President Donald Trump, Democrats often describe deep uncertainty about what sort of candidate has the best chance and whether the party will be able to win the votes. There's also hard division over policy and whispers about a contested convention. And all feel a bit too much for some. Republicans, meanwhile, appear to share less of that angst while their party hangs together on impeachment, the economy, and other major issues on Trump's agenda. How voters feel about the 2020 presidential campaign, Democrats, interested, 79%. Republicans, interested, 82%. Democrats, anxious, 66%. Republicans, anxious, 46%. Democrats, frustrated, 62%. Republicans, frustrated, 42%. Democrats, excited, 33%. Republicans, excited, 43%. Annie Greenberg, a Democratic pollster, said the contrast between GOP excitement and Democratic anxiety and frustration is not a surprise. Of course, she's spinning. That's fine. They can spin all they want. But ladies and gentlemen, take nothing for granted. We must treat this campaign and this election like we're way behind. Because everything is at stake. Everything is on the table. The Democrats are running on a hard, radical, statist, socialist agenda. Even the phony moderates among them. And they are serious. Again, I live in the state of Virginia, but look what's happening in Virginia. A conservative state under Republicans and Democrats... For decade after decade after decade after decade. One election. Where they have a one vote majority in the Senate. They're taking the most radical left agenda. It could be from California. It could be from New York City. And they're imposing it on the people as fast as they can. As fast as they can. They don't have on the Democrat side people like Susan Collins or Mitt Romney or Lisa Murkowski or Lamar Alexander, the list goes on. There are none of them. And many of these Democrats expect to be one termers, and I call them kamikaze Democrats. They're on a mission. Is Susan Collins on a mission to do anything other than get reelected? Mitt Romney, what's his mission? Self-aggrandizement? Lisa Murkowski, who was handed her seat by her father. What mission is she on? And they will do anything to get power and keep power. And when we're in power, like we have a president... He's not allowed to be president. Every waking minute, they've tried to destroy him, remove him, attack his family, attack his businesses, attack his staff. Every waking minute. They get to rule. Nobody did this to Obama. Oh, there was heavy criticism. Nobody went after his daughters. Nobody went after his his lovely wife. He took hard criticism, as every president does. The Republican Party didn't move to remove him from office. He didn't get hundreds and hundreds of subpoenas. I'm just telling you. While I read you these polls from time to time, it's not only a long way off. The fact of the matter is, We're going to have to do more than we've ever done. You can't just vote, even though you must. You're going to have to bring five or ten people with you. You're going to have to plan ahead. You are an army of millions. If you just bring a few people with you who haven't voted before, who will vote the right way, we will win. They will lose. I'll be right back. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars, or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, ...that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges and universities fall short in these areas today... ...Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses... It's free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K through twelve charter schools it's helping to found coast to coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College too. Go to Hillsdale dot com. they are always never Trumpers on these panels. Like, who do they represent exactly? Fourteen people? They always get on there like they're real conservatives and Republicans, and they trash the president. So they join in with the liberals. That's hardly, uh... What's the word the Democrats use? Fair. Fair. I mean, these never-Trumpers aren't even in the game here, and the game is to defend the country and the Constitution from people like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, among others. And what are they doing? They're shooting us in the back. Oh, George Conway. George? George Conway. He's so important. Whatever George Conway says, man. It's up on the Drudge Report. It's on CNN, MSNBC, those circles. Wait a minute, George Conway said it? Oh my God! Not the George Conway! George Conway! I mean, the guy's a a complete shameless buffoon, in my humble opinion. Everything the president does is illegal and unconstitutional. What kind of lawyer is that? Not a very good one, apparently or one who just can't see straight. Let's go to Greg. Jupiter, Florida, the great WJNO. Go! Hello.
3: Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. I called in because of your commentary at the beginning of your show about what's going on in this hearing. And I've been glued to the television. I've been a criminal defense lawyer in Manhattan for 28 years. Wow. I happen to be on vacation down in Jupiter, Florida, But I'm appalled at the way Justice Roberts is conducting these hearings. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Now, when you have a question-and-answer period, it's not the opportunity for one side to ask questions of members of the same side so they can embellish their answers. It's the opportunity to get to the truth. And as Mm -hmm. justices have said, cross-examination is the best tool to get to the truth.
0: But here's the problem. When they set the rules up originally in the Senate, they didn't say and they didn't set the rules up where the chief justice can make that decision or even more where that kind of procedure would be followed. It was up to each senator, group of senators to ask the question and to direct it to one or the other team or both. That's what they did up front.
3: Yeah, I understand that. But it's very frustrating to listen to because, you know, they know what questions are coming and they take that opportunity to embellish their answers. Like you mm-hmm. said, they had the diagrams and the, the boards ready to put up.
0: Let me ask and- you a question because we're going we're gonna to be have a heartbreak in 45. You're a defense lawyer. When I'm watching this, don't you feel like getting up there and debating Adam Schiff? I feel like debating the guy on his points, don't you?
3: Oh, my God, I feel like reaching through the television and grabbing him by the throat.
0: Yeah, with one hand, that'll work.
3: (laughs) But the thing is, you know, they have immunity, so they feel like they can lie with reckless abandon. But he's still an attorney, and attorneys are under the oath to tell the truth 24 hours, 7 days. Apparently
0: not. All right, Greg, I really appreciate your call. Thank you. We'll be right back. Where well, the Chief Justice shut down a question by Rand Paul, and based on what Rand Paul says he was getting at, I believe the Chief Justice was wrong. Absolutely wrong. And he made a substantive decision, not an administrative one or a ministerial one. Here's the moment. Cut six, go.
3: Mr. Chief Justice? Senator from Kentucky? I have a question to present to the desk for the uh, House Manager Schiff and for the President's Council. Thank you. The uh, presiding officer declines to read the question as submitted.
0: hmm Now, this is the question Rand Paul wanted to ask, right, Mr. Producer? Quote, Are you aware that House Intelligence Committee staffer Sean Misco had a close relationship with Eric Chamorella?" He's the phony whistleblower. While well, at the National Security Council together, and are you aware, and how do you respond to reports that Camarella and Misco may have worked together to plot impeaching the president before there were formal House impeachment proceedings? Now, Robert's response is as you heard. He declined to read the question as submitted. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have an individual who's been plotting to take down the president now for some time. He was a holdover from the Obama National Security Council. He was a CIA operative detailed to the National Security Council by the CIA, Brennan. He had a close relationship with the vice president then, Joe Biden. His two former colleagues who also left the NSC, and they joined Adam Schiff's staff, one of whom he was particularly close to, this fellow, Sean Misco. And it's Misco. it's believed, that he met with about two weeks prior to filing his so-called whistleblower complaint, which had no first-hand knowledge, which was the setup to this entire impeachment spectacle. The idea... That Eric Ciaramella's name cannot be mentioned, C-I-A-R-A-M-E-L-L-A, in the course of an effort to impeach, excuse me, to remove the President of the United States, and that the Chief Justice of the United States, that's the title, not the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, it's in the Constitution, that the Chief Justice of the United States declined to read the question as submitted. Because he is self-censoring means he's in effect doing the work of the Democrats in this regard and the Democrat Party press. There was absolutely nothing wrong with Rand Paul's question, and as a matter of fact, it was a good question, a very good question. Where the Senators trying to get to the bottom of how this thing began. Now they want witnesses, they say. Well, They want witnesses, or it's a cover-up, it's not fair. The idea that even the name of the CIA operative who triggered this in collusion with Schiff and his staff That this cannot be pursued while they want to pursue every nutty conspiracy theory and imagined conspiracy theory they can come up with is unacceptable to me. I believe the Chief Justice of the United States was way out of line, way out of line. Enough of this self-censorship on the floor of the Senate. Doesn't the president at least have a right to know who's making an accusation against him? Every other defendant does. No other defendant in the world would have to deal with this. So here was the question again. Are you aware that House Intelligence Committee staffer Sean Misco had a close relationship with Eric Cherimella? And Mr. Chairmella, I've said this repeatedly. I've said it to your lawyer who has apparently gone underground with you. You're welcome to come on the program and deny that you are the so-called whistleblower. And I will publicly withdraw my comments and apologize to you. I've said it over and over again. And his lawyer, Mark, what is it, Zaid? He's gone too. We don't hear from them anymore. And now, by the way, Rand Paul's being trashed by the Democrats. So who's being trashed by the Democrats? Rand Paul's being trashed by the Democrats? Alan Dershowitz is being trashed by the Democrats? And by the Democrats, I mean the media, too. Are you aware that House Intelligence Committee staffer Sean Misco had a close relationship with Eric Charamella while at the National Security Council together? And are you aware, and how do you respond to reports, that Chamarella and Misco may have worked together to plot impeaching the president before there were formal House impeachment proceedings. That question is right on. You're trying to use the Chief Justice to go through the back door to expose the whistleblower who's in grave danger. You know who's in grave danger? The president. You know what's in grave danger? The Republic. We have an impeachment trial going on and we're not even allowed to name the individual on the floor of the Senate who triggered it in order to protect his conspiring, in order to protect the people he conspired with, in order to protect the chief house manager and his conspiring. That's apparently the one thing that's off the table, you see. The one thing that's off the table. And all these media outlets Self-censorship? Why? Why do you think? They have no real standards. I'm embarrassed to say. They have no real standards, and they have groupthink. In the end, they're groupthink. In the end, they really are all alike. The newsrooms are really all alike. So I wanted you to know the question that Rand Paul wanted to ask. And I wanted you to know, I felt quite strongly he was right. And the Chief Justice was way out of line. Way out of line. There's no law being violated to reveal this Chemarella's name. It's been in the public press. Some of it. Not much of it. But it's out. This whole thing that went on is out there. But in many ways, John Roberts has become your quintessential Washington Judge strongly influenced by the pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post. They are strongly influenced. And by the way, I wanted you to know something. This Sunday, before the Super Bowl, my wife and I, well, my wife and I are going to try to find out as much as we possibly can Possibly can about where to watch the Super Bowl in a public setting, Mr. Producer, without, without going to a bar or anything like that. I'll have to go in disguise. have to go in disguise. Maybe I should dress up like Adam Schiff. That's almost impossible, though. All right, I'll be right back.
1: Mark Lovin.
0: Mark! Mark! Yes! Let's say there's a vote tomorrow, Saturday, on witnesses, and it's a tie, Mr. Producer. 50 to 50. Let's say the three Rasputins, Svengallis. What words can I use to make sense? Benedict Arnold's anti-constitutionalists. Romney, Collins, and Murkowski. Vote with Schiff, Schumer, Nadler, and the rogue Democrats. What happens? The vice president's not allowed to vote, Mr. Producer. Well, some people are saying the Chief Justice would vote. There's nothing in the Constitution about the Chief Justice voting. He's not a member of the Senate. Why would he need to vote? What happens if there's a 50 50 tie is that the motion fails. A tie is a tie. It's not consent. So if there's a 50-50 vote, it's over. Now the media will be upset and the Democrats will be upset because they wanted this to go on before they wanted to end it quickly. They want Trump to be viewed as illegitimate. They want to use it against Senate Republicans. This entire thing has been a political scam from day one. And if these three stooges, I mean, if these three Republicans vote the way they voted, they could well cost the Senate the majority and create more chaos, more division, more contempt. This isn't a vote for or against witnesses let me rephrase this because we we embrace the left's narrative even sometimes unintentionally this is a vote for the constitution it's said to be a vote about witnesses that's because that's how the democrats have set it up this is a vote for or against the constitution If you vote for what the Democrats want, which is continuing chaos dressed up as witnesses, then you're voting against the Constitution. If you vote against what the Democrats want, then you see the full horizon. You understand what's taking place. You saw what took place in the House. You saw in front of your face what's taking place with the House managers. You've heard Schumer's outrageous demagogic press conferences. You'll be voting for the Constitution. So that's the vote for or against the constitution. Not for or against witnesses. Again, that's the that's what the measure calls for. And that's the means by which the vote will take place. That if you vote against so-called witnesses, you're voting for the constitution because I see ABC news here about Republicans, do they have the votes to block witnesses? Block witnesses. Again, the media Democrat Party narrative, that's where we are. We live in their reality. That's what they, I say no, I don't want to live in their reality. I don't want to live in their propaganda, and I don't want to accept their terms. No way. So the vote tomorrow Saturday is thumbs up for the Constitution. If you reject a vote on witnesses or a thumbs down. And it looks like Romney, Collins, you know, I think Murkowski a little shaky. I could be dead wrong about this. But Romney and Collins may well vote against the Constitution. And that's what we're talking about here. What happened to our caller from Jupiter? What was his name again? The defense lawyer? Greg, I think it was. He was quite good. And he was calling from Jupiter, and I wanted to ask him a serious question. Is Jupiter south or north of Uranus, Mr. Producer? Do you happen to know? And where's Mars in all this? I don't know. I'm just curious. I know where Jupiter is, but I don't know if it's south or north. By the way, who would name a planet like that? I, I understand it's not that. It's, it's different. But still, the mockery. The mockery. Imagine how that planet feels. Brian, Moses Lake, Washington, XM Satellite. Go.
5: Hey, Mr. Levine. Thank you for taking my call.
0: It's a pleasure. Thank me.
5: Hey, anytime. I'd love to hear you commentate. But Thank I am you. highly disturbed with this, and as I – listen, I'm a commercial truck driver, so I have all the time in the world to listen Thank to you. you guys and love it. And But here's the outcome that I'm worried about. What if the Democrats get what they're trying to accomplish? They they get Trump out of this. They get the Republicans out of the picture. Now they're back in the White House. Mm-hmm. What What deals – haven't been met because of Trump being in there. If your company was sending me $83,000 a month, you would want to know what you were getting in return for that money.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: By Trump being in there, those deals aren't being met.
0: All right, let me tell you the first thing that's going to happen if they, if they take over. They're going to institutionalize their power like they did in California. So we'll have changes in voting laws, change. <laughs> and other laws that will have as their direct purpose the the lasting one-party rule of the Democrat Party. You've seen it in places like California. You're seeing it now in Virginia. The first thing they do is they take the instrumentalities, the tools of government, and they use it to enshrine the power of their party. So it becomes increasingly difficult to dislodge them, almost impossible to dislodge them. And so you'll see more open borders, lack of enforcement, the crippling of ICE, the crippling of the Border Patrol, reductions in administrative law judges who handle immigration cases, stuff like that. And you'll see it quickly uh, in in issues like that. So what they'll do, first and foremost, is take immediate steps to empower themselves for as long as they possibly can, claim that they're they're, uh, expanding uh, democracy and the franchise, the vote, well, in fact, they're doing the opposite. This is what the fascistic mind does. Uh, and they'll do it claiming all the time that they're representing the people, of course. And they'll try to enshrine, institute in a permanent way, an agenda. If they can't get it passed through Congress. They'll enshrine it through, a, through a presidential fiats. Uh, much of what FDR did, Lyndon Johnson did. Barack Obama did with DACA, among other things. They will further politicize the IRS, the FBI, the intelligence agencies against their enemies, their perceived enemies, uh, to uh, strengthen—I mean, they already did it. They used the IRS against the Tea Party to get Obama elected. They used the FBI against Trump to try and get him blocked. They used the intelligence agencies, going back to uh, Lyndon Johnson and so forth, again— Against uh, against the Republicans. So you'll see all these things take place with the aggressive, open support of the media. And should anybody stand up and object, they will try to destroy them and destroy their families and destroy their businesses. That's what you're going to see.
5: And this is what is scaring me. Okay, they accomplish all this, Right. And they're going to tax all the corporates to take care of all the one on the food stamps and all. No,
0: what they really do, if people understand, is they redistribute wealth from Republicans, mostly, to Democrats, to their constituency. When you really look at what's going on, I'm cutting to the chase, folks. Their policies, whether it's immigration or whatever, it's to build, enrich their constituency – and to weaken the Republican constituency. That's the truth. I'll be right back.
4: Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811.
0: You know, folks, I'm actually starting to steam during the break over uh, what the Chief Justice did with Rand Paul's question, more more, I think about this. This whistleblower so-called started this whole thing. At least he was the avenue through which Schiff and the Democrats operated. And I would love to ask the Chief Justice of the United States a question. Does he know of any other court in this country, any kind of court in this country, where it is justified on any grounds to prevent the accused from confronting the accuser. He's the Chief Justice of the United States. This is even more important than a criminal case involving embezzlement or something of that sort. This is a trial over whether the President of the United States should be removed from office. And the 2016 election reversed. And whether the Republican Party can even nominate Donald Trump to be its nominee for a second term. And Senator Paul, courageously, and you know I criticize him strongly, but courageously, the only one, who sends a specific question to be asked of Adam Schiff regarding Chimarella and his staffer, Misco, relating to how this all started. And the Chief Justice rules that it's a not appropriate question. He's not going to ask it. This is outrageous, the more I think about this. Why isn't the Chief Justice, why doesn't he allow the question? Because the Washington Post hasn't used the guy's name? Why is that? It's not his job to censor. It's not his job to toe the line. The United States Senator asked a question, followed the rules of the Senate, There's nothing in those rules that say this is off-limits. The initial, main, celebrated accuser of the President of the United States that the Democrats used to trigger this entire sham. A senator had some legitimate questions. And the Chief Justice... Chief Justice refuses to read the question. The presiding officer declines to read the question as submitted. The presiding officer should read the question as submitted. And in my view, he abused his office and he abused his power by refusing to allow that question to be asked. And I don't care if the Democrats like it or not. I don't care if Collins and Romney and Murkowski like it or not. I don't care if the New York Times or the Washington Post or cable TV likes it or not. That doesn't matter. And the Chief Justice of the United States should know it. The accused and the accused counsel have a right to know who the accuser is and whether the accuser was working with the lead house manager. To create this entire disgusting scenario. And instead, what's happening tonight is Rand Paul's being attacked. What a joke of a process, honest to God. What a joke of a process as this is being treated. And John Roberts blew it, big time. Big time. And even there, the Democrats have gone back and forth depending on what strategy they think will work. Adam Schiff said, oh, we're going to have a public hearing with this, this whistleblower. My God, he's going to blow Trump right out of the water. Then his lawyers get nervous. And then Schiff is exposed as a big mouth liar for lying to the American people. I, I, we don't know who this is, you know. I, staff, and I, we never spoke to him, but his staff did speak to him. Schiff is lying now telling you he doesn't know who it is. Ladies and gentlemen, it was in Real Clear Politics. Paul Sperry wrote a long piece about it. I read it to you on the air, and others have too. How can you miss it? What do you mean you don't know who it is? You're not even allowed to call this Eric Charmella. You're not allowed to ask him. You're not allowed to put him under oath. He's a And we want John Bolton. We want Well, we want Eric Charmella. He's irrelevant. He's, what do you mean? He's irrelevant. He's the whistleblower. He filed the complaint. He accused the President of the United States of an impeachable offense, apparently, according to the Democrats. Well, we got all the information we need, the Democrats to say. Who cares what they say? The defense or a senator doesn't have to go by what Nadler and Schiff say. This guy started the whole thing. You're not allowed to name him on the Senate floor. The Chief Justice obstructs a question from Rand Paul. The hell kind of circus is this? We have to have witnesses. We have to have witnesses. Just not that one. And just not Hunter Biden. And just not this one. And just not... And they go on. This isn't fair. I heard this idiot, Angus King, named after a cow. Parents must have hated him. He's an independent, don't you know? You know what he said? We don't have any witnesses. The president has not been exonerated. So even with a Senate trial, president is not exonerated. If he wins 2020... The election is fixed. Ladies and gentlemen, we better get more people to the polls and ram this down their throats. Because I'm going to tell you something. If they win the next election, it's not only doom for the country, doom for your children and grandchildren. They will become even more tyrannical, more fascistic. And so will the media when I say they. Let's go to Jim. Las Vegas, Nevada. Sirius Satellite. Go. Hey, great
5: one. You're right. I got a uh, quick comment. Uh, yes, when, yes. Uh, president Trump, when President Trump runs re-election, maybe Roberts can retire with Ginsburg. That yeah, would be
0: that's great. not going to happen.
5: I know. I, was just
0: I mean, retirement.
5: Oh, <laughs> well, wishful thinking. Yeah. But my question is, so the president has the power to do executive order. Yes. And uh, well, it
0: depends what it is.
5: Oh, well, that was my question. So uh, you have the executive order, and Obama did look Look, not-
0: let me just tell you how it works at the White House, having been there. An executive order, what do they look at? It depends on the facts and the, and the circumstances. You don't use executive orders in lieu of lawmaking. So the president looks at the precedent, the use of executive orders in the past, which really were heavily used, quite frankly, in the past, by really starting with Franklin Roosevelt, who was in many ways fascistic many ways. His use of the IRS, his use of the FBI, uh, his abuse of the Supreme Court, I could go on and on and on. And of course, the left loves him. Why? Because he started this whole process of democratic socialism. Really, Woodrow Wilson did, but obviously FDR used the occasion of the Depression to advance it beyond beyond anybody's imagination. Now that said, so executive orders were initially intended to direct the executive branch to implement a regulation that affects, a rule rather, that affects the executive branch or a statute that affects the executive branch. Here's an executive order in terms of a more of an administrative application. And it grew from there. There are gaps in the law. So presidents began using executive orders to fill the gaps. Or there are contradictions in the law. One law contradicts another. So a president might issue an executive order for that. There may be budgetary allowances, like the President of the United States has moved some funds from X to Y, which have been permitted in the past, and he'll do that. What's different with Obama, with DACA, is he issued an executive order in lieu of a congressional statute that applied to a legal alien, they're not really children, anyone under the age of 30-something or not, and defied Congress and bypassed Congress. And the Democrats were thrilled with it. They thought it was great. While they run around attacking Trump. Claiming, oh, look at this, he could be a monarch. Let me ask you a question, my friend. Does a monarch allow a special counsel to investigate him?
3: Oh, absolutely not.
0: Does a monarch allow a so-called Congress to investigate him? Does a monarch allow people who are around him, who stab him in the back, to roam freely? I mean, he hasn't done anything like a monarch. He hasn't violated the Constitution, any federal law, any court order. So they come up, this is why they come up with these cockamamie, oh, abuse of power, and he obstructed us. We have to remove him because he obstructed us. My friend, excellent call. We'll be right back. Much Lovin'. We have the uh, the latest, last-minute, desperate, hysterical effort by Adam Schiff and his party, which we'll discuss a little bit this hour and more into the next hour. Here's their proposal. So this will be all over the front pages of the media and debated. Oh, yes! This will be the issue that the news regurgitates. Proposal. He proposes that the Chief Justice of the United States rule on the materiality of witnesses and documents. That we take a week for depositions. And then the Chief Justice can rule. Let me tell you what's going on here. Adam Schiff and the Democrats now want to drag the Chief Justice into their politics. Into their thuggery. Now the Chief Justice already put his toe in the water. With his outrageous refusal to read Rand Paul's question. About the most key witness of them all. Eric Chamarella, the so-called whistleblower. He blocked it. Will he now become a pawn of the Democrats and Adam Schiff who try to drag him into this process and drag down the Supreme Court itself? The Chief Justice should rule on materiality of witnesses and documents all by himself? He says he's not prevented from doing so in the Constitution. Well, where does the... Chief Justice have such a role in the Constitution? Is that in the Senate rules? No, it's not in the Senate rules. But Adam Schiff thinks he runs the country from his little district in Burbank, California, in Pasadena, California. He thinks he's in charge. He thinks the 700,000 people in his district, about half of whom voted for him, run the country. And he controls... The rules of the Senate. He is a unconscionable demagogue. He's definitely the lowest of the low. He's even below Pelosi. That's hard to be because she's a snake. If you own a home, especially if you have equity, consider this fair warning. Home title theft can literally cost you your home. You know, Forbes magazine ran a story on home title theft and how it's everywhere. More importantly, neither your insurance nor bank protects you. Home title lock does. And for pennies a day, home title lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title. This is how you protect your most valuable asset, or you can end up like Deborah. Criminals searched online and found the title to her home. It's not hard because all home titles are online now, including yours. They forged Deborah's signature, refiled the title, claiming she sold it, and borrowed 85 grand on her home. She got an eviction notice for non payment of loans. She, took, she never took out. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home title's been tampered with. If it has, you need to call the police immediately. If not, you can register your home for 60 risk free days of protection. At HomeTitleLock.com That's HomeTitleLock.com HomeTitleLock.com So now that Adam Schiff has thrown out another last minute, desperate proposal it'll be discussed all night on cable TV. It'll be in the pages of the compost and the slimes. It'll come out of the mouth of the morons at MSLSD and the Constipated News Network. The Chief Justice the Chief Justice should be dragged into this. And now he should be ruling on the material, materiality of witnesses and documents. After a week of depositions. Depositions? Is this the same Adam Schiff? Who held secret depositions in the bunker, in the basement of the House of Representatives? Is this the same Adam Schiff? who still won't release the transcript, even redacted, of the Inspector General, who is sitting on potentially useful evidence that he will not give the Senate or the President's lawyers? Is this the same Adam Schiff, who would not allow one witness after another to be questioned if he didn't agree with the selection of the witness by the Republicans? Is this the same Adam Schiff, who denied the president's lawyers basic due process rights on behalf of their client to participate in the bunker to provide witnesses to participate in cross-examination to provide documents it would be that Adam Schiff now he wants the chief justice of the United States to rule on witnesses and documents. If the Republicans are smart enough, most of them are, but the the usual, the three stooges, they will understand the more they listen to Adam Schiff, the more elaborate his quagmire becomes. Witnesses, certain witnesses, documents classified, maybe so, maybe not. The Chief Justice. Now, the Supreme Court will need to stop functioning altogether, put all their cases on hold, and accommodate Adam Schiff and the Democrats. I would ask Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, and Lisa Murkowski are you blind to what's taking place around you? Do you seek to defend the Constitution, or are you going to become lapdogs? For a radical demagogue who has no respect for any of these institutions, his own, the House, yours, the Senate, or even the role of the Chief Justice of the United States in the Supreme Court. Are you going to vote for the Constitution, thereby against witnesses? Are you going to vote against the Constitution? That's the question. And the day is short. We will know tomorrow or Saturday whether these three Republicans will be the only Republicans in the House and the Senate to side with the rogue statists who are doing what they're doing. Isn't it fascinating? Not a single Republican in the House, not one, you'll never see that. And yet we have wavering Republicans in the Senate What are all the Republicans missing? All the other Republicans, all but those three. They're not missing anything. It's these three, perhaps four. They're the problem. I'll be right back.
1: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
0: Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Do any of you donate to Club for Growth? Any of you donate to Club for Growth? Well, according to Politico, and I hope this is wrong, they're running ads against Doug Collins, who wants to run for the Senate in the Republican primary. They have what's called a jungle primary now, where it's a free-for-all and it always helps the establishment. And so what the legislature is trying to do there, conservative Republicans are trying to do there, they're trying to say, no, 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 let's fix this, Finally. Democrats run in a Democrat primary, Republicans run in a Republican primary. And that's the way it ought to be, in my view. See, they changed it to California to a jungle primary because they like one-party rule. And so you may have two Democrats who are running against each other. The old boys' network in Georgia, that's what they did. Okay, it's time to come into this century... And allow Republicans to vote for Republican and Democrats to vote for a Democrat. Well, the governor opposes this because his hand picked senator might have difficulty winning any Republican primary with Doug Collins. So in comes Club for Growth from Washington, DC, according to Politico. And you know what they're doing, Mr. Producer? They're running ads trashing Doug Collins. They won't even just stay out of it. They're running ads, trashing Doug Collins. Now, Doug Collins is the underdog. He's opposed by the Republican establishment there. He's opposed by the rhino governor there. He's opposed by some of the uh, pseudo-conservatives in the media. I got it. But I like him. I think he'd be a great senator. Doesn't mean I agree with him on all things. So what? And so he's under attack by Club for Growth. And I would just tell my friend who I've known for decades who runs Club for Growth, I hope you'll rethink this because I could never support you when you go into a primary process, a jungle primary, and you trash the conservatives who have been standing up for the President of the United States on the House Judiciary Committee. Shame on Club for Growth. If Politico's right, If they're wrong, I'll pull back, and I'll say they were misleading. But if they're right, and you know if they're right, Georgia, if Club for Growth is trying to knock down his reputation, shame on them. There's a lot of great organizations out there, some of which advertise on my program, like Media Research Center. Great institutions like Hillsdale College, they're all looking for support. Then you can decide. It's a free country on who you're going to support and not. They've asked me to speak several times at their events. I think I spoke at one, actually. I'm always offered honorarium, Mr. Producer. And you know what I say? No. If it's a conservative group and I want, want them to succeed, I don't need honorarium. I don't speak to any corporate entities. First of all, I got a lot to do, and I have family. There's, there's no time. Anyway, I hope that's misinformation, but if it's not, I'm going to revisit this further uh, because I think it's appalling. I really do. Now, You've heard of Talib, Rashida Talib, or as the CNN, MSNBC types like to call her, one of the first women of color Muslims in the House of Representatives. That's very good. But she's a vicious bigot and anti-Semite, and she continues to attack men and women of color who are Jews. And she doesn't get a hell of a lot of attention for that on the constipated news network. They're very upset, you see, with the Secretary of State for daring to push back on a left-wing hack national pubic radio reporter who tries to set up the Secretary of State. And he lets her have it. Oh, you can't do that. She's a woman, they say. Now, wait a minute. I thought we're supposed to ignore genitalia, number one. I I also thought we're supposed to have a level playing field with the, the genders that we're not supposed to recognize, number two. But whatever you do... Don't push back on a liberal woman, apparently. And eh, they can go to hell. We'll say and do what we need to. So Talib gets the attention of our friends at the Washington Free Beacon. A Muslim community leader accused of having financial ties to Hamas donated to Representative Rashida Talib's campaign last month Record show. Shouldn't this be on the front page of all of our wonderful newspapers, those who are left? Shouldn't this be something Jake Tapper's concerned about, or Don Lemon, moron? Alison Camerata. No, they could care less. Salah Sarsour. SS, if you will. Salah Sarsour an alleged Hamas sympathizer, just reading it, not reporting it, who once boasted about meeting a Muslim Brotherhood leader known for advocating violence against Jews, donated $1,000 to Talib's re-election campaign on December 12th, the Federal Election Commission's website shows. And she also investigated for using campaign funds for personal purposes. I thought it was her. It's one of the three or four stooges on the left. He also donated $500 on September 29 to Democratic congressional candidate Rush Darwish, a Palestinian-American who supports boycotts against Israel. Boy, that Democrat caucus. Getting worse and worse. Sarsour is a national board member of American Muslims for Palestine, a group the Anti-Defamation League has described as the leading organization providing anti-Zionist training and education to students and Muslim community organizations in the country. What a swell organization. Sarsour has been an outspoken critic of Israel. He once posted on his Facebook page in support of radical Egyptian preacher Yusuf al Qardawi. al qardawi has advocated terrorism against Israel and has been linked to the Muslim Brotherhood, an extremist organization designated as the terrorist group as a terrorist group by several countries, the media could care less. In 2016, Sarsour posted a clip on his personal Facebook page of Al Qardawi speaking. Sarsour included a caption on the post praising the preacher for bringing people quote closer to Allah with love and knowledge unquote. He also recalled meeting Al-Qaradawi three times and said he kissed the preacher's hand during their last encounter. Al-Qaradawi who was banned from visiting the United States has a long history of espousing hatred toward Israel and calling for Jews to be killed. During a 2009 speech that aired on Al- Al-Jazeera Al-Qaradawi, good Lord, my jaw's breaking with all these names, said he wants Muslims to be responsible for the next Holocaust, adding he will shoot Allah's enemies, the Jews, and they will throw a bomb at me, and thus I will seal my life with martyrdom. Sarsour, so this Sarsour donated to Talib, and this Al-Qaradawi, pushing for a Holocaust and murdering Jews, he links to on his Facebook site. What do you make of that, Mr. Producer? Why isn't Talib expelled from Congress? Why aren't Jew-hating, Jew-hating individuals who happen to get elected to Congress expelled from Congress? That Talib campaign did not respond to multiple requests for comment. A receptionist at Sarsour's office said his attorney would be in contact on his behalf. For what? Sarsour and his family were mentioned at a 2016 House Foreign Affairs Committee hearing, which shed light on organizations that have been targeted by the U.S. government for terrorism finance violations. Jonathan Schanzer, a former terrorism finance analyst at the Treasury Department, testified at the time. That Sarsour's past is a concern and said members of his family have similarly expressed support for terror leaders. Now it goes on, and I'm going to assume the reporting is accurate. If it's not, then Mr. Sarsour is free to come on the program and Congressperson Talib is free to come on the program and tell me why I'm wrong to read this. And we'll correct the record. But, this isn't Talib's first Jew-hating rodeo, is it? She's a sick bastard. Absolutely sick. And brings her poison into the halls of Congress. And what does Nancy Pelosi do? Nothing. The Democrats, what do they do? Nothing. Nothing. Over a hundred of them embraced care the other day, wrote a letter in support of care. Meanwhile, the President of the United States is actually trying to promote peace in the Middle East, and he's attacked. Talib's not attacked. The Democrat Party's not attacked. He's attacked by the editorial page of the Washington Compost. He's attacked by the CNN roundtable of nudniks, Know nothings and morons who hadn't even read the piece. It's 180-some pages long. And mostly ignoring. Every now and then they throw it in there so they can say they covered it. Mostly ignoring how Jews in Brooklyn and surrounding areas in those communities, Hasidic Jews, are being brutalized. Brutalized. And how several were attacked. And one still in, I understand, critical condition. In New Jersey. Really, really awful. Talib should be expelled from the House of Representatives. There should be a committee hearing convened now. Now. But they won't do it. You want to know why? This is part of their growing base in the Democrat Party. This is part of the growing base. I'll be right back. By the way, this is breaking. Paul Sperry, who is a great reporter over there, Real Clear Politics, Real Clear Investigations, I should say. He's tweeted the following. The one witness transcript Schiff won't release out of 18, listen to this, talks about Schiff and the whistleblower and how the inspector general, who, by the way, is an Obama holdover, who facilitated the whistleblower, failed to investigate prior contacts between the whistleblower and Schiff's staff. Let me repeat this. The one witness transcript Schiff won't release out of 18 talks about Schiff and the whistleblower and how the Inspector General and Obama holdover who facilitated the whistleblower failed to investigate prior contacts between the whistleblower and Schiff's staff. This is a huge cover-up. A huge cover-up, and the chief... Justice of the United States unwittingly participated in it by his arrogant refusal to read Rand Paul's question. I've said to you for the longest time, if we get to the bottom of this, we'll get to the bottom of everything. I've told you this for months. If we get to the bottom of the shift Eric, Chaliba, Charamella, Misco, and so forth, conspiracy. We'll get to the bottom of this whole thing. We have had hearing after hearing. We've had question after question. We have the world focused on this. We have the media focused on this. And they cover up for Schiff, and they cover up for this phony whistleblower. And he's sitting on this transcript, and he gets away with it. John Bolton, they keep to the John Bolton, John Bolton. No, Charamella, Charamella, Charamella. Misko, Misco, Misco. The so-called whistleblower, Charamella. It's incredible to me how this works or doesn't. Paul Sperry is a terrific reporter. He really is. Let's go to a caller here. Do we have time, Mr. Producer? You pick one for me, would you please? New Jersey, the great WABC. Scott, go. Mark, thanks so much for taking my call. Yes, sir. Yes, I waited an hour and 20
6: minutes, uh, but that's okay. I got through. I waited 13 hours in Wildwood to see Donald Trump, but I didn't get in. But I watched him on the screen in the parking lot, so it was all good.
0: Very, very good. And uh, so it's another massive crowd, correct? Oh, huge, massive. Thousands of people outside watching him on the screen. It was fantastic. That's great. Absolutely great. Thank you, sir. Next up, yes. Mr., uh, Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? W-S-K-Y, the Gainesville area, Florida. Do we, or do we not? Go right ahead, sir.
3: Hey, Mark, thank you for my call. Uh, You're a true patriot. Uh, Thank you. I I wanted to talk about Adam Schiff. uh, Like McCarthy back in the 50s when they went after him for his abusiveness in his position. Why can't they go after Schiff? Is it because uh, they wouldn't have the vote?
0: Because McCarthy was going after communists, you see. That's a no-no. And Schiff is a radical progressive, so you can't go after him. You understand?
3: Well, I understand that, but they, it would, they wouldn't have the votes so to go after
0: him. Well, who? Who would vote? The
3: House? Yeah, well, I guess. You're right. We the Democrats
0: control the House, and they won't even expel Talibah. They won't even expel her. You're right. (laughs) With her ties, with her abuses, with her money, uh, with her Jew hating. In fact, you won't even find the Jews in the Democrat side in the House going after her Schiff, Nadler, Allian Engel, double E, and so many others. They won't go after her. Why is that, sir? Because they're liberal Democrats first and foremost. That's why. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, Dewey. Thank you for your call, my friend. We don't have a lot of time left, but we'll make the best of it, so don't leave. We'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin, the voice liberals fear most. And you can call Mark at 877-381-3811.
0: There are a lot of great conservative organizations out there doing some incredible work. But I want to take a minute and talk to you about the MRC, or as I like to call them, America's media watchdog. When you think of the MRC, you should think of one thing, truth. For over 30 years, the Media Research Center has had one mission, to provide reliable, fact-driven information about the media, because the American people deserve the truth. Unfortunately, we don't get the truth from the media today. Just look at their shameful coverage of impeachment. Impeachment cheerleaders in the media will do anything to take down the president. If you think about it, they're the ones that started pushing for impeachment even before he was inaugurated. And that's why the work of MRC is so important. They're the tip of the spear in the fight for truth in journalism. And they provide ammunition for all of us who are fighting this battle. And I want you to learn more about the MRC. And we have a special web address for you, so I hope you'll write it down. MRClevin.org. MRCLEVIN.org. If you care about this country and you do, if you care about the truth and you do, you should go to mrc.levin.org and learn more. That's mrclevin.org, mrclevin.org. All right. We have a friend of mine, Rabbi Shmuley Botek, who is a radio man of his own, uh, a man about the world. And I wanted to get his take on the uh, president's peace plan. Rabbi, how are you, sir?
6: Thank God. I'm well, Mark. And I have been listening to you, no joke, for 20 years. Yeah. Ever since you started your Sunday show on WABC New York. I wow. I so well. I'm, I ain't kidding. 20 years.
0: Man, oh man. So you remember when I had hair and I was blonde.
6: I remember when you were uh, as sexy as you are today. You haven't
0: changed. <laughs> Well, Rabbi, uh, the, the president's plan is being panned by the Washington Post, by CNN, and it's endorsed by the Israeli government and by six or seven Arab governments. It's not endorsed by Iran, the Palestinians, and Turkey. What do you make of all this?
6: Well, I, uh, you know, I know the authors of the peace plan, and I, and I know how patient they were and how much they listened in trying to bring about a vision for peace. And I watched Jason Greenblatt as he crafted uh, this plan over three years. I'm not surprised it's being panned because it it favors Israel's security concerns. And it acknowledges that the Palestinians have unfortunately, Mark, not really been reliable partners for peace. The 1993 Oslo Accords led to thousands of Israelis blown to Smytherin's on buses. The Gaza withdrawal of 2005 led to three wars. So Israel is rightly concerned about any kind of territorial concessions, And even with, the very, with the, even with the best friend we've ever had in the White House, Donald Trump, best friend Israel's ever had in the White House, by far, there's still some concern about the creation of a Palestinian state, albeit in this plan, it's a very demilitarized state. But even with all of that, it's amazing that the mainstream media would condemn a plan that seeks to bring peace to a region that has none. Let me just say one final thing. The day the plan came out, I was actually in Auschwitz, for the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. Israel is a tiny country surrounded by genocidal enemies. To the north is Hezbollah, dedicated to wiping Israel out. To the east, I'm sorry, to the west is Hamas, dedicated to the genocide of the Jewish people. To the east is Iran. So Israel has to be very concerned, and we're lucky to have a strong friend in the White House.
0: You know, uh, in terms of this plan, I guess what bothers me most is most of the critics here in the United States... Uh, would support a plan, as you, as you kind of allude to here, that would severely weaken Israel's security, making it virtually impossible for it to defend itself, while creating a militarized terrorist state, much larger, much more powerful than what we see in the Gaza Strip. And what is it about the American left and the American media that promotes such a, a viewpoint?
6: Well, I think it's what I call underdogma, and uh, underdogma is whoever is. Do you remember when you used to have that intro to your radio show of underdog? I love that because you used to watch it as a kid. Yes. And uh, the underdogma says that whoever is the weaker party is automatically the more moral party. So because the Palestinians uh, don't have, uh, I don't know, uh, Apache helicopter gunships or uh, Cobra helicopter gunships, They have to be the, the righteous party. Of course, Israel is really the underdog, because you're talking about 6 million Jews surrounded by 400 million Arabs. And for most of Israel's 70 years of existence, they've been committed to Israel's destruction. If this is the first time that we have a president who has really had Israel's back completely and utterly. We've never really had a friend like this. But let me also say that even with the Trump peace plan, there are still some concerns even among the president's allies. Look, Mark, it takes a little leadership. The constant incitement, the fact that, that the Hamas charter actually calls for the murder of every Jew on earth, including from where I'm speaking right now, in California, it, that's not only about killing the Jews in Tel Aviv. And that's why I say, even with this plan, we need to be very careful. Having said that, I think with, with President Trump, he is going to hold their feet to the fire. Look at what he did. You and I were supposed to have this conversation two weeks ago, and I had to go to, uh, uh, to Poland for the 75th anniversary of, of the liberation of Auschwitz. At the time... Um, Donald Trump killed Qasem Soleimani, and what he did was show the Iranian leadership, if you continue to pay for terrorism and kill people, we're not going to go after the foot soldiers anymore. We are going to decapitate the leadership. And now, look at how well Iran is behaving. They are terrified of Donald Trump. Even even Khamenei himself knows he can be a target, because once we demonstrate that we will boldly go after the terror leadership, you begin to see terror governments falling in line, because. Coming, he's not really religious. He's a snake oil salesman. He's a faker. He's a total religious fraud. This is all about stealing money and controlling his people and shooting protesters in the streets. This is not about any real ideology. It's about pure power, money, and mafia-style corruption.
0: Shmuley, my rabbi friend, I want to thank you. You're very, very powerful in your views, and I want to thank you. And I agree with you completely. And we'll have you back down the road here. All right, rabbi, thank and you. God bless and, uh, you.
6: God bless you, too, Mark. I do want to thank the president for everything he's done for Israel and the Jewish people. We're we're very, very grateful to have such a phenomenal friend in the White House. And you, too, Mark. God bless you. Thank you.
0: You bet. Take care of yourself. We'll be right back. Much Lovin'. You know, uh, hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, smart. And growing businesses connected to qualified candidates? Yes, that's where you need ZipRecruiter. Cafe Altiro's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can, too, by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com Levin, L-E-V-I-N. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you, and its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free. For free at our website. ZipRecruiter.com Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com/levin. ZipRecruiter.com/levin. Now you've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. These four pillars are purposes: learning, character, faith, and freedom. Have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. Who was president in 1844, Mr. Producer? That's right, James Polk. He knew. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught how our government works and the importance of the Constitution. They must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today. Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest, in Primus, and the classical K-12 through 12 charter schools it's helping to found Coast to Coast. This is a magnificent institution. You know who would be proud of Hillsdale College? Socrates. Socrates, Plato's teacher. Discover how you... And your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. At levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? 870 AM, the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Lee in California, the LA area. Go.
2: Hi. When I heard Roberts shut Rand Paul down, Appalling. I immediately thought of what he did with Obamacare, and I thought to myself, he didn't only shut Rand Paul down; he shut the American people, including moi, down. Mm-hmm. And you know, this—he may be the chief justice, but he's a mediocre chief justice. None of these people seem to rise to the to their office as as was founded. Uh, and I don't know how we got there, but we're but anyway,
0: I'm really frustrated about that because that's the first. Thing. Have you heard anybody else? And I don't know. I don't listen to the others routinely. That's for sure. Have you heard anybody else come to the defense or Rand Paul in the face of this?
2: I have not but I'll tell you something. I haven't listened to anybody today. But and you know Rand Paul, I don't always agree with Rand Paul, me but neither. I have to tell you, he's the kind of he's the kind of guy. He says things that make me a little bit crazy and then he says something that's really really on target.
0: I agree. And here he was, on target. And yeah. for the Chief Justice of the United States to shut down that question when it goes to the heart of how this entire matter was triggered and a senator wants to know an answer for him to interpose himself and obstruct the answer is really appalling to me doesn't even ask the question
2: exactly and the reason that I call you is number 1 because you you have the you have the 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 microphone the bullhorn but i hope that other i'm not a genius but i hope other people realize what i just you know we're triggered triggered i hate that word realized what I realized when I heard him, thinking back to, to the biggie of Obamacare, among other things. Uh, so, if they didn't hear it now, they've heard it. If they didn't hear it before or realize it before, they hopefully realize All it. All
0: right, Lee. Very well stated. By the way, Nancy Pelosi's still around. The grim Reaper. She had a press conference today. Are you aware of this? Was she able to complete words and sentences? I don't know. Let's listen to the Words of wisdom and profundity that are prayerful Speaker of the House spewed. Cut 11, go.
2: The President's team is there to dismantle the Constitution of the United States. And some of them are even... Ah,
0: eh, shut up, you idiot. You fascistic buffoon. You should talk. you do not going like the Constitution of the United States. Your party doesn't. Your ideology doesn't. And I'll challenge anybody on this. Where's Professor Tribe? Professor Tribe? Lawrence Tribe, are you out there, Lawrence? Lawrence, are you anywhere to be found? Lawrence Tribe? Cut 12, go. When this is over, do you think that President Trump will be chastened and understand that he's got a Congress watching him? Or will he be emboldened because the Senate will have acquitted him? Wow, what a question, Mr. Reporter. Was that fed to you by Nancy Stretch Pelosi? What did she say, Mr. Producer? You
2: cannot be acquitted acquitted if you don't have
0: a trial. Oh, so we're going to have a corrupt election if Trump wins. And when Trump's acquitted, he's not acquitted. This is a sick, sick, vile person who just destroys our institutions, who does not accept outcomes she disagrees with. Whether it's a Senate trial, whether it's a, 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 a an election for President of the United States, I'm telling you I'm right. She's fascistic, 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 fascistic. That's four times media. You might want to repeat that. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, but not fascists. See you tomorrow right here. And God bless each and every one of you. Thank you.